Hey everybody, welcome back to What's Appalachian, and this is Gabe Roush with Cody Greathouse. So before we really get into tonight's episode, we want to talk about our newest partner and official sponsor of What's Appalachian and River Roasters Coffee Company in yeah. Palmer, Ohio. Yeah, it's the official coffee of What's Appalachian. It is, it is. Uh, we did do an episode earlier this season with uh, Larry and Candace of uh, River Roasters, um, and they've been so gracious enough to believe in what our efforts are here at What's Appalachian and that yeah. they, they wanted to partner with us. Um, yeah. So, number one, and if you did listen to the previous episode, we are faithful customers to them, and they are our favorite coffee. I mean, just between the having the best beans, quality milk, and really the perfect blend, especially that medium roast, man. Oh, yeah. That's, on that's my stuff. The brevet is my shit, though. Oh, yeah. My dad's, too. Okay. Funny to say that. All right. Um, but, but anyways, like, they have one of the coolest atmospheres of a coffee shop that overlooks the Ohio River there in Pomeroy, Ohio. We highly recommend that you make that trip over to Pomeroy. Check them out. Tell them that uh, Gabe and Cody sent you. So if you get that opportunity, make your way over to Pomeroy, Ohio, and visit River Roasters Coffee Company. And maybe we'll see you there. What's Appalachian? And- but by me and him talking about this, these were like late night conversations sometimes yep. when yeah. nobody's out. Yep. You know, I changed his perspective on my race because he saw me different yeah. through me. Yep. Welcome back to yet another episode of What's Appalachian. My name's Cody Greathouse alongside my co-host. Gabe Roush. Guys, thanks for tuning in tonight. Tonight's really special to me, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like we're diving into some good stuff that is meaningful, maybe even more meaningful than everything else we've we've done thus far. Uh, because, as we've said before in some social media posts, we're going to dedicate our next few episodes to Black History Month, um, particularly uh, African Americans within the Appalachian region. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're really excited about this one. Yeah, I think I tie it back into just being an undergrad at, at Marshall University, and I tied into Kristen Lilvis's class. Shout out to you, Kristen, Dr. Yeah. Lilvis. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a great job of just taking a lot of, you know, kids that, that grew up in West Virginia, predominantly mm-hmm. white, and kind of kind of kicked it into a different, uh, different mindset. The way she taught things, the way she had you deep read things and and it, it really changed my life and it's not only my life i think it's changed i think it's changed the kids that i teach now you guys will hear in this episode coming up that um, you know the harlem renaissance is a big mm-hmm. piece to what i teach because there's so much art so much poetry so much so many different things that yeah. that, that can be taken from that that point in time and a lot of people don't even know what the harlem renaissance is yeah. So that's one thing I always throw into my lessons, but but my biggest shout out is to her because without her I would I, I wouldn't have known what that was or or really have, have cared much for African American literature because you know, as as a kid looking at a schedule of classes that are laid out in front of me and picking classes I want to be a part of, I, I think I went out on a limb to take that mm-hmm. and and it, it really helped me culturally, and, and it's had a domino effect. It's had a domino effect on my kids, and it's it's really pushed me to research a little bit more and push my horizon in terms of 
African-American literature and experiences even today. So, guys, I, I'm excited for this one. Tonight yeah. we have uh, one of my best friends, Josh Williams. I coach with him. I've taught with him for years. This is going to be um, – Josh is probably one of the most influential people I've ever met. Oh, without a doubt. Without uh, a doubt. He, he just – he has an effect that not a lot of teachers or not even a lot of people have mm-hmm. on, on, on kids within the educational system. And it's meaningful to me, and I can speak from the heart when when I when I you know bring up this episode that yeah. this one's probably one of the most meaningful episodes that that I've been a part of simply due to the fact that we have Josh here, yeah, and that uh, that it, it's going to be a great conversation hearing about his upbringing. Uh, I mentioned in the episode in itself that I don't think six or seven episodes of this podcast could cover Josh's life and his yeah. experiences, but. You know, tonight we get a little bit of a snippet of what Josh brings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and before we dive into that, man, like, there's been something that's been eating at me for a few days. Really? So, uh, uh, something's been grinding my beard, man. Uh-oh, something's been grinding the beard. Yeah, I, I've got to get this out of the way early so we can end on a good note. Enlighten me here. All right, man. So, what's grinding my beard? Mm-hmm. Before, we, I mean, we've talked with several small business owners, especially within the state of West Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So some infos came out recently in the local media that the uh, um, there's been some oversight issues uh, thanks to our Economic Development Authority here in West Virginia. You don't say. We, we've talked about this Economic Development Authority, right? Yeah. And just how well, yeah. there's really not a whole lot of small business push and everything, which I know we're huge proponents of small business. Of course. But so catch this, catch this. So throughout the 2000s or in the early 2000s, um, the state of West Virginia invested $25 million of taxpayer money into what was supposed to go towards business startups, like larger business startups to bring jobs, bring industry to the state of West Virginia. Uh, $25 million. Yeah. Okay. All right. Of those $25 million, $8 million went to out-of-state companies. You don't say yeah, yeah, no, no, no surprise. Crazy, no surprise here. So, um, I think the <laughs> so since then, I'm just going to keep this short because I don't want to drag this on because I'd rather talk about Josh's story. But <laughs> since then, I'm talking early two, early 2000s, 15, 20 years ago, only 3.8 million dollars of that has been returned, and I don't believe there's been a single job that has been shown for this. Yeah, for the state of West Virginia. Well, and so. Let's do that math of how much we're just getting, again, screwed. Yeah. And the oversight of the Economic Development Authority that we already no, have I a agree. little bit of a little bit of a stink well, with. And, and Gabe knows, you know, just sitting here, Gabe knows that you're literally getting my initial reaction here. I think that's the beauty of our podcast. It's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know your grind, my beard, you don't know mine, and we yeah. just belt off each other. And, and uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, just classic. Classic West Virginia. Yeah. No oversight on this. Well, the oversight was supposed to be a trustworthy authority, yep. the economic development authority. Yep. And I yep. mean, this is what we're seeing. This is $25 million that, I mean, granted, I was a kid at this time that my parents, my grandparents, we my our, our family paid into yep. that is supposed to help our economy. Here we are giving these larger corporations yeah. free money. So Free money, no payback. You're right. You're right. So l- let me let me piggyback off this. Okay. okay. I'm gonna throw you my grinds, my beard at you. Now this is out of left field here. Yeah, I, I didn't. You even see have today, one just today, our uh, our tech guy Andy Layton just you know he had sent us a. I saw it. So I want our listeners to know 
Mitch Carmichael has been resurrected. <laughs> good old boys take care of good old boys, man. He's been resurrected from the shadow of depths. <laughs> the shadow of defeat. He has been resurrected as what, Gabe? Um, he's... <sighs> take a deep breath. I know. I just want to hear you say it. He's over our economics in West Virginia. Yeah. Thanks to the appointment of Governor Justice. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go on a tangent <laughs> here real quick in terms of just... And Gabe and I aren't political. No, we're not. We're in we're, our podcast, but I think this is this is politics. This, I think this is humane. Yes, this I think is this politics. is humanity. In this is just common sense. No, okay. So, okay, we we get invest in our people in in economics. Okay, Mitch Carmichael, the guy that went off the deep end after he wasn't elected. No, I mean he just he just rants he, and yeah, things of that sort. Yeah, just like crazy weird grasping for straws. Yeah, is what I would call it. And so now we're bringing him back just to give him just his little slice of publicity. I know. We as a state got rid of him. The majority had spoken and voted for someone else to take that position. And now yeah, we're yeah. gonna bring him back yeah. because he got voted out and and yeah. you I, wanna talk about participation trophies? Here you go. The ultimate. Like you, you here you, you go. Like, you lost your like election. Like you lost your seat. Let's to bring a, you back. You lost your seat to a good teacher who who who's fighting a good fight. Yeah. And the only way you can get back into public eye is to be it's appointed as economic director in. by the governor. Because Daddy Governor lets you back in. Man, I like I I really want to just be cool with Jim Justice. I, I want do too. to I, I don't want too. to, but like when we get appointments like this, like it's a good old boy. Like I get this guy's been like a CEO, CFO, whatever. Yep. But it's not to been a to a, a glorious company. No, you're right. It's been Frontier, who's yep. screwed the people of West Virginia right. how many times? His company's taken how much money, taxpayer money, to in, improve the infrastructure yep. of broadband internet within West Virginia. Yep. And guess how much that has been accomplished? None. Minuscule. Very like I would say none. Yeah, at, at virtually. Yeah. But so if you do a bad job at your job, and then you do a terrible job at your voted-in job, and you lose that job, you get appointed to an even better job. You get a promotion because you get a promotion. West Virginia. For sucking. Yeah. So maybe one day we don't have to worry about this stuff. Maybe. Yeah. But anyways, enough with the the ranting and raving and all that fun stuff. Uh, well, before I, and you know what, I'm 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 gonna end this one. Good news after all this sucky news. Uh, we got a new little light sponsor tonight. Uh, they've surprised uh, supplied us with this uh, nice thirty rack of bush latte. Yes, uh, I want to yep. thank Kate Lane's Floral Design here in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, yeah. for uh, for supplying us our fuel for tonight's episode. I woke up and it was just like Christmas morning when I saw uh, Troy Lee Port shoot me a text saying, <laughs> "Hey, got you a little gift on your porch." Yeah, and you know. Guys, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up, and I'm telling you, Kata Lane's is brand new, brand spanking new, and I'm telling you, mm-hmm. the bouquets that I'm sure they're going to be throwing out is, I, I guarantee you, they're legit. Yeah. 100%. Oh, 100%. So we'll be sharing them out on social media and stuff like that. Yeah, be on the lookout. Their numbers are out there. Uh, and and I'm, I'm telling you, dude, they've kind of revamped uh, what the floral atmosphere has been for point plus i mean we had a flower shop on main street for a long time but they've kind of taken and i'm not speaking ill will of the past no 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 no. what it's it's fresh it's new it is it's it's very new and and it's something that uh, location so i think it's something you guys would be interested in so so thank you to kate elaine's floral design definitely i'm starting to sound like a nascar driver now it's my dream (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm redneck. Grew up okay. in Appalachia. So, anyways, we do have a great conversation lined up with with Josh, and I, I, thank you guys for tuning in. So, we really hope that you guys enjoy this combo as much as we have. Definitely, definitely, guys, uh, enjoy it, and we'll see you after the episode. So we're here uh, with a good friend of mine, a guy that, that I've been around for years. It's funny because whenever we're together, we always talk about he used to coach me in Biddy League, and now we're best friends. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Josh Williams to the uh, podcast. Josh, how you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, whenever we had brought up this whole podcast thing, we went about thinking about Black History Month, things like that. Definitely. Um and and we thought That's it would cool. be perfect to to get people on. Uh, not that we're not going to get people of color on, you know, like throughout the rest of this time. <laughs> yeah, but but I think I think Black History Month's important. Yeah. Um, and, and a story that you don't really hear a whole lot. Um, maybe a little bit more now with some other uh, multimedia. But like the the, the story of uh, uh, African Americans in Appalachia. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like you hear more urban stories and southern stories, but. Uh, I feel like uh, the Appalachian story is unique in itself. So. It is. It is. Uh, and, you know, Josh and I had talked this morning. Uh, it was pretty interesting. There was a clip of Morgan Freeman and uh, Mike Wallace. I think it's Mike Wallace was interviewing him mm-hmm. from 60 mm-hmm. sec- or sixty minutes. minutes yeah. Uh, was he gone in 60 seconds? He was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm yeah, glad we no. have that now. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> no, um but Morgan Freeman, you know, Mike Wallace asks him about Black History Month, and Morgan Freeman was essentially like, you know, I don't, I don't think it should be a thing. And mm-hmm. Mike Wallace was, you know, <laughs> kind of take, kind of shook uh, by it, to uh, be honest. Yeah. And it was funny because there was an awkward silence, and Mike Wallace looks at, at Morgan Freeman, and he goes, well, "I'm Jewish," and, and Morgan Freeman's like, "Okay, so you think they need a." Jewish History Month. Yeah, he said, "You want a month?" You want and a that month? Guy's like, well, no, I don't. I don't. I don't want a month. He's like, "Well, me neither." Yeah. He said, "Why? Why can't? Why can't? Uh, why can't it just be American history?" Yeah, exactly. He Boom. said, why, "Why do I refer to you as a white person? You refer to me as a black person. Like to me, you are Mike Wallace, and mm-hmm. to to yourself, I'm Morgan Freeman. So why yeah. can't we just keep it at that?" And Mike Wallace took it another step. Was like, "Well, how do we end racism?" And Morgan Freeman was like, "Don't talk about. It. Don't talk about it." <laughs> it's an interesting perspective. Yeah, it, it really is, was. Yeah, That's it. Really was. Um, and, you know, Josh and I had a pretty good conversation about that. And um, Josh, like I'd said, is is a good friend of mine. Uh, going through Marshall University and, and taking the English classes I did, I feel like obviously I'm not speaking by any means uh, in terms of Black history or or that lifestyle whatsoever. But I think it had enlightened me and given it, it had given me. Point of view that I'd never thought of before. Yeah, new perspective. Yeah, and for sure. I think I think having the ability. Josh is a special education teacher, and and we coach together. We coach varsity boys basketball together, and we taught together for a couple years, and we we did a great job in terms of trying to trying to spin multiculture um, in the classroom together. Yeah, I think uh, we did a great job, and you know, as teachers, I just think enlightening 
all our students on just the differences, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> showing the unique sides of, you know, we're, we're all Americans, but we are all unique too, yeah. right. being here. And there's nothing highlighting that uniqueness and showing what, you know, accomplishments that, you know, as blacks or African-Americans, however you want to put it, brought to the table in this country and mm -hmm. played a part in this country. And, you know, I think we all should be, you know, brought to the table and highlighted in the good things that we've, you know, done to contribute to this oh, history definitely, definitely. of the country. You know, so Josh is from Galpolis, Ohio, a city across the river from us. Mm -hmm. As you guys have heard in, in past episodes, we, we talk about being a border city to, to Ohio. I mean, we can look across the re river and see the state of Ohio. Uh, the Reaver. The Reaver. Um, Smoking but, the Reaver. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here all night. Okay, all right. But no, I, I think, you know, Josh Josh can go into a little bit of detail in terms of what it was like growing up. Because Galpolis is still... It's still Appalachia. It's still Appalachia. Yeah, we're in the Ohio Most Valley. Definitely, yeah. Um, Mid-Ohio Valley. That's yeah. definitely Appalachia. So, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of growing up in Appalachia... Um, as a as a as an African American, you know, just listening to some of your podcast episodes and talking about Appalachian values and the people of Appalachian, you know, you know, we're labeled as hardworking and blue collared, and I think my parents fit that mold. Uh, both of them worked, you know, in the power plants around here, and uh, were able to provide a good living for us growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, my neighborhood was. You know, I didn't think about it much when I was young, but growing up, you know, it's a lot of single parent homes, blended parent, blended homes. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, typical, typical youth at that time. You know, played outside, played sports, rode bikes, and you know, I looked at it as it's kind of funny. Like, kind of remind me of when we were young, and you know, like the what you would call like the little rascals yeah. every day was an adventure every day you go you wake up you go outside and you go to someone's house knock on the door can such and such come out and play and they just you know everybody and it was nothing eight ten sometimes 12 kids counting the girls you know just one big hodgepodge of kids just up and down the street yeah. you know playing yeah. whatever we could do and then as we got older it's kind of funny, kind of changed more to like Fat Albert and the Cosby kids, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like just still the same hodgepodge of kids, but we just, you know, are a lot older mm -hmm. doing, you know, doing different things now. So, you know, we went from riding bikes to now putting cardboard down and break dancing. And, yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's pretty typical that we felt like normal just growing up, having yeah. fun, hide and go seek, you know, mm -hmm. come in at dark. Yeah, you know, eight. So, pretty normal, pretty fun though. Yeah, you know? yeah. So the one thing I was telling Cody about is just realizing, like, you know, growing up, I had all these black friends in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it was funny, and we'll probably get to that. And like, talked about like how we just all grew up, walked to school every day. I never rode the bus mm -hmm. ever. You know, while I was in school, we always walked snow, rain, whatever. Yeah. We walked. Make sure we had on the right shoes, whether mm -hmm. it be boots or tennis shoes, or somebody's mom or dad would drive us so we wouldn't be in the rain. You know this was I mean? when Guy Academy was still downtown, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, lunch was uh, open campus, so you know when I look back, 
I'm like, man, I had a pretty cool childhood, pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's pretty so. cool. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, Josh and I, we've had a lot of time on our hands in terms of sitting together, hanging out, having a couple beers, and we we've had some great discussion in terms of race and in terms of Appalachia as a whole. Growing up in in Appalachia, there in Galpolis, it, it, it's odd because you know Josh and I have talked about this before. Um, you know, you look at Josh grew up on what street? Fifth Avenue, Third, Third, Third Avenue, Avenue. Third, yeah, Avenue Third Avenue in the house. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're proud of that Avenue, yeah. man. <laughs> and you you look at this area that Josh and, and his friends grew up in, and my dad and I have had this conversation before too. You know, you look at Galpolis and how it's laid out. You look at Third Avenue where you guys grew up at. And, you know, we've talked about the whole idea of it seemed as if that was like the black only section <coughs> mm-hmm. of Galpolis as opposed to the white only section of Galpolis. And that was, you know, that was what, 80s, mm-hmm. 90s? Yeah, 70, um, 80s. Yeah, and, 90s. and to me, that, that kind of got me thinking. Uh, you, you, you had talked about, you know, we had our own, what, gas station. You had, and it wasn't necessarily laid out that it was whites only, black only. It was just, that's just the way it was. How it was grouped. Yeah. Well, and and how do you, I mean, looking out. at that as a whole, how do you how do you attribute that? I mean, what what is your outlook on that? I mean, you think it was done purposefully? Oh, yeah. yeah um, it, it's funny. Um, I didn't think nothing about it growing up. Like, you know, we had our pharmacy right there, Gillingham's Drugstore. Don's gas station. There was this place called Lightus where it was a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then there was a little market called Boston's. And, you know, when I was really little, we just would go to those places and stuff. You didn't think, but, but you know, small businesses as times wore on, like mm-hmm. those places phased out. But um, I was talking to a good friend of mine, uh, and I, his name's Christian Scott. Uh, he's also a teacher and a and a and a and a pastor that I grew up with in my neighborhood. Uh, his mom on my history in itself, really, yeah. like she did the emancipation, which I don't know if you're familiar with the emancipation, are you? Yeah, but, Gallia's had the, yeah. what, the longest. Yeah, at one time it was the second longest running yeah. emancipation in the United States. I think it might be first now. Yeah, it's you a know? celebration. I mean, I, know, yeah. I mean, I know that's how they celebrate it in the newspaper around here every year yeah. that, that comes around. Yeah. So, like, her and some other women of her time um, and some others that are still living now, would, you know, if you really want I brought a person into my history class I co-taught with one time and she spoke on she's kind of like an expert in the area mm-hmm. i mean the knowledge that these two ladies had and others uh just growing up you know being in church and then finally telling and then christian you know finally telling me like when we were talking as we got older he's like you know that wasn't by accident that we all grew up together and i'm huh. like really he's like <clears throat> at one point in time of history like downtown area with like courtside and all that stuff is yeah like blacks were not allowed down there really yeah, like you couldn't go down there. Like you could only go so far, and then that's where the cutoff was. So we were actually, you know, back then, probably in the, I think maybe 50s and 60s, whatever, um, we were very self-sufficient. So we yeah. had, actually there was a doctor who lived in the neighborhood, he told me, at that time. And that's where everybody in the neighborhood would go get, you know, really? sick or whatever, go there. That's huh. why the drugstore was there. That's why the gas station was that's there. That's crazy. So we was 
like our own self-sufficient community yeah. there. So this that, isn't like Jim Crow South. This is no, Ohio no. Valley, Southeastern yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Uh, that that's crazy. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. I didn't even know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. he passed that on to me when we were talking like uh, you know years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, it makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I think that's something that you know when you look at the grand scheme of things that that to me and Josh and I have talked about. African American history, things like that, and and Josh has enlightened me on things as as well as I have him on on some certain things. And to me, th- those are things that need to be discussed. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean. I think that I think these are things that need to be out in the open. I think at times, you know, I go back to that Morgan Freeman clip. It, it's like let, let's not mask it for what it is. You know what I mean? Sure. Let's, let's let's just let's get it out in the open. Like yeah. our country's history is, is what it is. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, don't, you know, it was funny because I'm a big, every year I, I teach my kids the Harlem Renaissance. That's a mm-hmm. big part to me. I don't yeah. know why. It's just something I've always clung to. It's something I've always been cool with. It was just such a, it was such a movement for art and poetry and music <laughs> and things like that. I mean, modern day hip hop, yeah. R&B things, I mean, stem from that. Well, you um, know, you look in the whole grand scheme, we always talk about the roaring 20s. Yeah as a whole, but we really don't even hit on that clip, which yeah. was a great time in our country, yeah. you know, and like you said, a lot of artists, a lot of people came out and flourished from that time, yeah. a yeah. lot of influence. Yeah. So, you know, instead of just talking about the Harlem Renaissance and then, you know, the Roaring Twenties and the Speakeasy, like, why couldn't we just lump that all in yeah. one yeah. big unit if we yeah. want to talk about, you know, our yeah. history? Exactly. And I think, just talking with Josh, just the way we always have, it's just something that I know Josh has always felt passionate too about. Just let, let's not let's not BS around here. Let's yeah. just get to the nuts and bolts of everything. Yeah. You know, racism is is still roaring its head today, and and it's mm-hmm. still a battle that we and I'm saying we because like Josh knows as well as I do. It's I I I can't even put it into words. I'm I'm so passionate about. Uh, what what goes on today in today's society with you know black people and 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 what they experience and systemic racism and things of yeah. that sort, and it's it's to a lot of people it's a touchy subject and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, like this conversation doesn't happen as much as it should. Never. Yeah. Never. No. Nobody. Nobody wants to sit down and and have this talk. Nobody wants to. <coughs> Why would you want to learn lives? about someone else's experiences You're that right. are different yeah. than yours? Well, I mean, yeah. Nobody and, wants to feel that. I guess people don't want to feel that uneasy. uneasy. No, yeah, I think there. I think there is some tension. But you can't there. grow unless you feel that discomfort. You're right. You're right. I think there is some tension there with with people whenever they hit this topic mm-hmm. of you know e- even as a teacher when I bring that up in the classroom it just and you can agree mm-hmm. I'm sure like you just oh, get yeah. this uneasiness across the whole room sure. when you bring yeah, up the, when the you bring up racism or you bring yeah. up uh, any of this stuff that goes on yeah. in the classroom and um, that's I mean, going on in our society. Like I mean the difference. Is, is crazy just between, like, I mean, we're neighboring counties, Mason County and yeah. Gallia County. Mm-hmm. But the difference, I mean, Gallia County is a lot more diverse than Mason County by far. Um, I, I mean, yeah, without, I without a doubt. No, yeah, I, um, I agree. And, I mean, I, I know we're across the river and everything like that, but also Gallia has also done a much better job of preserving that history have, yeah. uh, uh, of African Americans mm-hmm. within their community. Um, however, just on our side, where whereas we've had some, I mean, we've had, Two very large um, all-black schools yeah. for for boys, uh, Lakin, Le- Lakin yeah. and then one here in town, in town. 
Um, I mean, one was actually, I think they both were actually considered a college or university. Yep, they were. And right we don't now, hear anything about it. We don't hear anything about it, and neither of those buildings are standing. Nope. Like, there, there's, it's just been kind of forgotten, yeah. for lack of a better no, I, I agree. <laughs> term, I guess. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, that's a shame, because that history is here. Yeah. It was here, but it, it's a disservice to, I felt like it was a disservice to my education. It's a disservice to kids right now as education. I, I agree. And, um, and, and, and it's just crazy how close. Yeah. Oh, yeah, West Virginia as a whole. Nothing's yeah. mentioned, even in, you know, uh, in, in West Virginia history books, about no. black-only schools. No, um, anything like that? No, the, like the like it it it's it's pitched as John Brown an abolitionist fought right. the <laughs> fought off the feds and yeah. <laughs> Martin well, Sperry and and that and, and like as if that's our only piece. Look at Carter that. Woodson, and man. there's so much more. Yeah, exactly. Is that not crazy? A lot of people don't even talk about Carter. Why is Woodson? that not in our West Virginia history? And it may be, you know, it may be, I could be completely wrong, but it's not stressed. Well, you, know. you know, the 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 thing I think is that you know. Not everything's going to be comfortable. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's a great life lesson. Like, yeah. you know, regardless, you take, you can even take race out of it. You just think about your own personal life. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you, you come across situations that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. And not so much as, like, the conversation, just like growing in education. Yeah. Like, when I went to go take, you know, go back to college, mm-hmm. yeah. I went later. It was uncomfortable because yeah. I was already in my groove. Mm-hmm. I already had a job. Yeah. It was the first time I had a job with benefits i never mm-hmm. had that you know so yeah. i'm like whoa and then my wife's pushing me like go back to school why why do i gotta go back to school like yeah. isn't We're this good. the point yeah. of life like right. get a job yeah. make decent money or good that, money that, that's the benefits. Dream. you yeah. know what i mean like what are you doing so i did it and you know it's uncomfortable but i grew from it yeah. you know what i mean and then i think i'm good nope go get your master's yeah, yeah. like Oh, slow down. Yeah. So, you know, and I knew it was beneficial for me, yeah. you know, so I start doing that. And, but when I go into that, like, man, what's this online stuff all yeah. everywhere? Like it was uncomfortable mm-hmm. cause you know, I wasn't used to it. You know, you gotta think, you know, I'm in my forties, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. going through school, yeah. not 18, not savvy. You know, my right. struggles with technology yeah. have grown a lot cause yeah. you helped yeah. me. But and that's the same thing with growing and learning about each other. I had a neighbor. Where I used to live, mm-hmm. and he was an older gentleman, you know, mm-hmm. and he grew up in Hamlin County, and we hung out and got to be pretty good friends. And like I said, by by growing and talking and learning, mm-hmm. like, you know, I learned like why he felt the way he did, yeah. the views he had, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because our parents are our strongest role models. No matter sure. what household you're in. Definitely. You could be in a bad household. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But even if your father, mother isn't in good standings com- compared to American, you know, mm-hmm. our morals, it's still going to leave an impression on you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And they're still going to influence you. Yeah. So, like, I understand, like, from being around this man every day, why he thought the way he did. Not saying it was right. Yeah. But I can understand, like, why his views were, but by me and him talking about this, these were like late night conversations sometimes when nobody's out, you know, I changed his perspective Mm -hmm. on my race because he saw me different through me. Mm -hmm. You know, he saw me going to work every day. He saw me taking care of my family. He, he seen how I rolled, you know what I mean? So I, and then therefore too, like, the stuff he shared, like, I better understood him, like, okay, 
Like, yeah, I understand why he thinks that way now yeah. through his parents. Like I said, I'm not yeah. saying it was right, right, but it gave me a different yeah. perspective. For sure. And for we sure. both grow. Yeah. You know what I mean? We both grew. Yeah, because we talk about, like, learned biases, and we read about yeah. learned biases, yeah. and, that, and, and that that's, I mean, it, it's almost inescapable. It is. I, I mean, in almost any region of the United States. Yeah. But it's something that can be overcome, like you said. And it, that's something I tell the kids that I work with. I'm just like, don't let discomfort discourage you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can grow from that. And, like, anytime you get in that uncomfortable situation, you grow. And, I mean, and, again, goes back to, like, having these conversations. I mean, how else do we grow? You're right. Yeah. You're right. And there so, were, so I disagree with Morgan Freeman, even though I'm a white guy. <laughs> no, well, no, but <laughs> no, no, I don't think we ignore it. I think we have that conversation. No, yeah. I, I think that – no, and, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think I – think this is my perspective. Just after getting to stew on that for a while and talking yeah. with Josh about it, I think, I think at times, for me, Black History Month did me a, a service just because mm-hmm. it did put it in that light. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, and it does as a, as a white kid growing up in in rural West Virginia. I mean, it did give me that opportunity to to, you know, see that. Yeah, I hate it sparks I hate, your interest. Yeah. It does. It does. And and that carried with me. Through college, I'll, I'll tell you, man, when I shot uh, my, my professor an email the other day, hadn't talked to her in probably 10 or 11 years, my, my African-American literature professor, Kristen Lilvis, I shot her an email, and she was like, no, I remember you really well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. You know, to me, you know, that that was just meaningful that, that you know, I was so interested in that and had so many meaningful discussions with her that, that she still remembered me, you yeah. know. And I remember walking into the first day, and it was just, it was weird because I'm in an African American <laughs> literature class, you know, walk in there as a white dude, like it, it does, it does feel weird. Yeah. But it, it, we had so many good discussions, and like that, that's that's what, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, is is talking about it. Yeah. yeah. I think where Morgan Freeman's coming from, and because I kind of feel the sentiments he does, but yeah. uh, I kind of know what he's. Well, this is my take on that. What, okay. I, I understand, like, we have this month, and yeah. I'm glad we have this month because, like, it pushes it to the light mm-hmm. so we yeah. do get our seat at the table. Mm-hmm. But it's only for a month, and we're so much more than just right. a month. You're well, right. 100%. But what I think he's saying is when we are truly one, yeah. when we are truly equal, yeah. and we are Americans, mm-hmm. not yeah, Gabe Roush the white man, yeah. Josh Williams the black man. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. When we – I think what he's trying to say is all – of our history, mm-hmm. you know, Latinos, Hispanics, you know, blacks, whites will all be woven into one new history. Cause yeah. you know, as history, and, we write. And it's the already book. there. Yeah. That, 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 that weave is already there. Yeah. It's just like society recognizing so, that and appreciating that. Yeah. Right? So, so what he's trying to say, like, we won't just yeah. talk about and highlight it in this month. Like yeah. this will be something that in history class is talked about all the time in mm-hmm. history class yeah. along with the other history. Right, yeah. You know, like you take World War II. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of prominent in history. I remember us talking about mm-hmm. in the Holocaust and all that. But when you talk about, like, the black divisions and stuff, those yeah. are kind of pushed to the side. Yeah, like they're on their side own little subchapter. Or, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Instead of, like, bringing this all together as yeah. One blanket. Yeah. I think that's kind of where he's going. No, I, that makes sense. I, I see it 100 percent. Yeah, I, I yeah. definitely see it. That's and and that's something, you know, that's something that's important to, to definitely keeping it in 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 check. You know what I mean? And, and keeping like it in the back of your mind because I'd seen that clip and it it left me a little bit shook. I was like, like, man, I'd never, yeah. 
never thought of it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just always, and, and you know, that, that just comes from where I grew up and things like, like you had hit on, yeah. you know, black history month to me was just completely different just because I was, I always immersed myself in it. Right. You know, uh, not, not only for that month, I'm just saying, you know, it's the literature, everything. I yeah. was just always infatuated with it. And just because, and, and it goes back to, we didn't touch on these things that I was yeah. reading for myself. Yeah. You know, that I was educating myself yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And that's why I became infatuated with it. But, you know, with, with Josh growing up on Third Avenue, uh, and, and Josh has a hell of a story in its own. Yeah. Um, I, I can I can just tell you uh, the, the leaps and bounds that this man has grown. Uh, and, and I'm not speaking for him, but, yeah. Man, just just some of the experiences he's been through. I, I don't even think six podcast episodes would cover. <laughs> I appreciate it. His his experiences just because you know Josh and I have had some times and, and sat down and really shared heart to heart, shed some shed some tears and, and things like that, and and just the overall story and experiences that he's that he's dealt with. Um, you know, and that that's my big thing. What was my calling? Why I went went to go into education? Because at the end of the day, like. Education changed me, changed my whole thought process. It, 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 not saying it made me a whole lot of money, you know what yeah. I mean? But I'm just saying education enlightened me. And yeah. I think education is the, is the key to these, to these kids mm-hmm. and, and, and getting them to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, and everybody's different. Like, I, I feel like our educational system, and I won't get on that ramp, but. Mm. You know, my thing isn't that everybody goes to college. My thing is everybody be productive. So, Josh, you know, we, we talked about pretty much a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, which, but it's it's, it's meaningful. Think, yeah, no, it is. It you is. Know, we we kind of came into this that Josh and I shoot from the hip anyway in terms of we're things that, about it, that we've done. <laughs> we're, we're bad about it, but we're good at it. Yes. Is the thing. And we've kind of went down that direction tonight. Just, yeah talking about this stuff but josh what i mean if you look at your life <clears throat> growing up in appalachia as a as a black male what 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 were some of the struggles that that you had dealt with as opposed to just the just the white population in this area i mean you know we we talk about peeling back some layers, layers it's just yeah. just i think it's something that that you know you 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 talk to some people in this in this area and growing up talking to some people you know, like your my grandparents and things like that. They they would say they they would tell you, well, the the, the race the black only white only happened down in the south. south that, that was yeah. that that we didn't have that here. We we didn't have that here. And that's what I grow up. That's what I grew up being told. And in in the grand scheme of things, it's bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. Is exactly it's, what it was because it was here. That's and why we had all it black still schools. Is. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. And when I, I was never told that. And, you know, I, I think I, I, and, and the slate we have coming up through February is going to be is going to be solid and full of some of these things that 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 uh, that people need to hear. I mean, you know, growing up in, in Ohio, just across the river, man, like what were some struggles that, that you faced? Um, just to give you some experiences. Um, that's a great question, because you look back and like for me, like, you know, you're thinking about it. Sometimes, like, you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, some some of the things that I have encountered on the way, um, you know, everybody's it's well documented. You know, I, I'm in a 
interracial marriage, have biracial kids mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. But even growing up, like, I remember when me and my wife were first starting out and we were looking for a place to rent. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Like, I knew, like, I knew there was prejudice in, in our in our community. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not dumb. It's everywhere, yeah. you know. But for the most part, I think people are good. That's no, I agree. It. Yeah. But, like, I would call looking for rent. And me and my wife had good jobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and you know, as being a owner of rental property, the one thing you want is great tenants. Yeah. It makes the job easy. Yeah. Yeah. Get your money on time. Your place is going to be well kept. Mm-hmm. We kind of took pride in, like, it would be no, well, we would call. Well, I wanted to put that out there. Like, my wife, she wouldn't know all the time, but I would be like, I just want to let you know, like, uh, I'm in a ra- interracial relationship. My wife's white. I'm black. Click. Really? Yeah. Like, hang up on me. Yeah. You know, so, like, you think of it, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm being denied housing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. Just place be- to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, even here, uh, I'll give you a, a story. Uh, working at Dollar General, and people used to, my coworkers, like, before I was getting ready, I knew I was going to be a teacher just waiting for my certification and stuff, yeah. and I had picked mm-hmm. that job up in the summer. So I knew it was coming to an end. You know, they'd always like, why are you so happy? What's Because, like, yeah. I'm not staying here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so it's not a big deal. But even working in the cash register, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I would, I, I liked the stock. It was easy. Like, yeah. break it, yeah. bring out the cart, just stock things up mm-hmm. there. Like, when you're dealing at the register, you're dealing with money and your drawer has to be. And it's not hard, but still, like, there's a little bit of stress there as yeah. in, like, making your, you know, and you're ringing all that up. And, you know, people you're dealing wanna, with the public a lot more there. Yeah, too. and people want to pay with EBT cards on part, then cash on yeah. another part, then Split write a check. The, like, yeah. how many ways can you pay for one cart? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So you're learning that. You know, I'm learning that. And if you make a mistake, you have to call the manager. Mm-hmm. They have to wait. And, you know, sometimes the line gets long. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one time I had a customer, and literally that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to pay part on EBT, part with cash, and then just <laughs> write a check. And, like, I messed it up, so I had to get – so she, she was just – she literally just right there, just calm as could be, was just like, I'm glad my mom and dad didn't have – and dropped the N-word on me for, for children. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Dang, right there in line, yep. you know, in a, in, a, in a crowd of people, you know. Now, the old me wanted to have a relapse and be like, excuse me, miss. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But – you know, I I just kept my calm and, mm-hmm. and did my job and just said, if you're not happy with the service, there's a cash register over there that you can step to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and kept it moving. But I'm just thinking, like, seriously? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I, those are some things I, I dealt with. And then, you know, just uh, coming up in sports, it was funny. How, like I said, your parents growing up, like when we were little and growing up, you know, we came over here that Point Pleasant used to have a hex mm-hmm. come across it, and they sold toys. Yeah. Like, you get me? So, like, for us, that was a ball because they had these whole rows of toys, kind of mm-hmm. like the old Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, were the, they were the Walmart back in the days. But it was funny. My parents told me growing up, like, you don't want to come over here. 
Really? Like, you don't want to be over here. Yeah. You know what Damn. I mean? And, like, yeah. that's that's how we thought when we were young. So, yeah. when we played in the football games and stuff mm-hmm. and sports, like, you know, we're literally thinking, like, you know, uh-oh, here comes here comes this prejudice team. You yeah. know what I mean? It's going to be on tonight. We're going to hear stuff and everything. Yeah. And, and I never did. It right. was more of a rivalry yeah. and stuff. But, like, those, just growing up, you just, know, just some of the things, like. I think, I think you would attribute – attribute it like you said in terms of an upbringing and, and education i'll tell you it really shook me one time just just talking with josh i remember you called me right after it happened man was you were going going somewhere to help your mom pick up you're going to pick up something at the plant for your mom like a paycheck or something and you stopped at a gas station there uh, oh yeah and you were sitting yeah, there talking, talking about you were yeah. talking with either sh- your, no, your wife no, or- i was in my i was in my car on my phone <laughs> i had i i went to go to my wife or my mom's uh, job to get her check, mm-hmm. all right, and because she is retired and stuff, and um, so I pull in this little gas station, and I pulled off the road to like check my text and then just call, make sure she didn't need anything and all that. So I'm just sitting there for a while, and a guy comes out all of a sudden and just knocks on the door, and on my window, I roll down the window, it's like yes, and he's like, are you needing something? I'm like, no. And then asked me what I was doing, like, sitting in the car in the parking lot, right daylight. And I was like, nothing, you know, just just texting. And, you know, he was just insinuating, like, I was going to cause trouble. And that's what he said, like, I don't want no trouble. Like, I, I got a bat inside the store. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Just- <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, you know what I mean? But, like... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's just something – it's something that just needs to be known. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many people just you, – you, you talk in the community and you're out and about in the community and you don't think anything of it, but it's here. And I don't think anybody – it's like we've said all night, nobody wants to talk about it. No wants nobody wants to bring these things up. Yeah. No, nobody, wants to, nobody wants to deal with it. It's yeah, swept under the rug and it's, and it's something – Pretend it doesn't happen. Yeah. And, you know, that story ends up going on into, into a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, in terms of Josh's experience, you know, going in the store and things eventually. But, you know, that, that's what we deal with here. It's uh, – and it's not just here. It's no, – it's, it's, it's pretty well nationwide. Yeah, I mean, I I, I I feel like that we hear that folks have experiences like that, and it sucks. It does, but and I think, well, let me ask you, Josh. I mean, in terms of you know addressing it and and, and going with it from there, because you know I'll I'll tell you just from a personal standpoint, in my perspective, I think Josh is an asset just to 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 our school, mm-hmm. to our basketball teams athletes things like that that we've had in the past just because he can give that perspective yeah i think there have been numerous times that that josh has went out of his way to to stretch out a, a hand and, and help kids uh through oh, yeah. through through the experiences at, at uh <coughs> within our community uh, at our school things like that and and, and he's I, i've witnessed that from the outside looking in with, yeah. with you guys's program and stuff like i mean you guys have Josh, you, you've done more for kids that probably didn't deserve second and third chances 
because I know that you believe in them. You know, kind of the background that they come from. I mean, and 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 I I, I hold you up high for that, man. Well, I appreciate. I truly you. do because, like, you, you know that there's other individuals that that would never give kids the light of day. And I mean, you, you give your athletes and your students 110 percent of your heart. Man. Well, you know, and it, I'm just I'm just passing on what was passed on to me. Uh, you know, in in my school system and and the people that were around me, I had an amazing support group. I think a lot of kids, their support out there for them, uh, it's a matter of do they want to take it sometimes. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, right. like, when I went through my hard times and things, like, the support was there, mm-hmm. but, like, I was throwing it away. I was yeah. pushing it away, you know. But, you know, I had a couple coaches, uh, Coach Forgy. And uh, Coach Osborne, who just really believed in me through my bad times, really stuck with me. And, you know, they passed that light to me. So, yeah. like, I just passed that light to others. Like, I'm a product of what they did for me. And that's if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't be here now in this situation, mm-hmm. and, you know. So, I just try to pass that light on to others as well, Yeah, you know. So. Most definitely, most definitely. And I, you know. It's like I've said, man, I know I've learned a lot from you over the years just being with you. It's it's Likewise. funny because the our kids they'll they'll ask, you know, are are you and Coach Williams? Are are you guys like did you guys go to high school together? Like No man Class, I, class of twenty ten. Right. Thank yeah. you. Class, thank you. I'm saying thank you. Yeah. And I'm saying I'm sitting here like, No, we didn't go to high school together. Do high school uh, kids think that you're like forty two? I know. They think that you're older than I am. I know. I just want to. Yeah, well, there. I'll throw it out there to our thousands of downloads up to this point that I'm not older <laughs> than you. So. But we also look like brothers. We so. do. But but I, I yeah. think I think um, in in total, you know, kids kids attribute or you know throw these things these ideas coincide that Josh and I are, are close in age because we're so close in the classroom. We're yes. so close in the yeah. school building. You know, even even it's so funny because even with COVID running the way it is, it, I, I still I, know. I get to school and I'll go up and I'll hug this man and I'll, <laughs> I'll kiss him on his bald forehead and, right. and people <laughs> people just look at me like I'm crazy and and uh, it's just you know just love, I just man. tell myself just I'm gonna die of COVID you're dying with me slow but no I it, it's it's I think that's what they attribute it to and you know a lot of people don't know Josh coached me in Biddy League and it's. I think it's funny that we tell our players this stuff. So you didn't graduate in 2010? No. no. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not. <laughs> so it's, it's 1991 just, in the yeah. house, man. Yeah, I was, I, that was my birth year, you know. <laughs> I, was, I was born in 91, so, you know, I yeah. Josh graduating high school. but Got a son his age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, shoot, you think, you know, which I, I consider Jawan a good friend. You know, his son, John, Jawan, and I grew up playing basketball together, graduated. He graduated a year uh, after I did. But, man, it, it's funny that, that – it, it's funny because I'll go over to Josh's house and we'll, we'll go and have a couple beers and hang out. And, then, you know, Jawan's over. Jawan will walk downstairs and it's like, what's up, Jawan? Like <laughs> – Jawan's probably thinking like, "What the hell is this? What the hell's Cody hanging out with my dad?" Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, man, I, I I appreciate you and I appreciate everything you do, Josh. It's, appreciate it's, it, man. It's very it's very important to me. I hold it near and dear to my heart. Thanks I, for coming and kind yeah. of helping, helping us kick off this conversation that we really wanted to have this moment. Yeah, hope well, it's a I, jumping point. Well, I don't think I don't think I wanted to start it off with anybody else, man. Yeah. I think I think it's just. Yeah. 
We you know, it. at the end of the day, I look at it like this, and this just me. You know, I'm I'm no you know Martin Luther King, no Malcolm X or Harriet Tubman or anything. I'm I'm just I'm just a part of that you know yeah. step. But my thing at the end of the day, all of them to me want there's good people and there's bad people. Yeah. At the end of the day, and and we're all Americans. You yeah. know, none of us. Yeah, so fun. Go back to where you come from. Okay, I will, and then you do the same. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yep. if you're not, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're not, you know, indigenous to this land, if you're not a Native American, then you, <laughs> you weren't here. Yeah. You, know? you you came. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you know, Martin Luther King said, you know, judge a man or a woman by you know the content of his character, and mm-hmm. not the color of his skin. And I think if we all just took that phrase. Mm-hmm. And, and made our judgments based on on that on on yes the content of a person's character yeah well, you know we could move forward yeah. but you know at the end of the day like I said that at the end of the day <laughs> you've said it 90 times now <laughs> so i just wanted to be known to our listeners this is where i get it from because i spend <laughs> at the end of the day i spend 90% of my day with this man so he rubs off on me and that's the yeah. way it happens that's the way it Appalachians. I hear you. But, you know, we 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 all want the same thing, man. And yeah. there's always going to be racism, man. And yeah. we – it just is. I mean, I, that's just how I feel. But we are better now than what we were. Yeah. And and, and if you don't think so, like, I, I don't see how you could not think that. Yeah. Now, are where we need to be? Are we perfect? No. We still right. got work to do. You know, we still got work to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think we get sometimes to a certain point. I brought this. I'm a sports guy. So I'll, I was telling Coach, it reminds me of this kid in closing that we had. And he was below the bar compared to the other players. And he took one one period, you know, to one dedicate mm-hmm. to yep. get better. Yep. And he made – Tremendous strides, yeah. mm-hmm. tremendous strides, and he wasn't the best player, but he was nowhere near the worst anymore. No. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like at the level with his peers. Yeah, and then he got satisfied just because he was there. Yes, like I'm here with these guys. I can do, but could have went way above. <laughs> yes, I, I I feel like yeah. he could have been better. Could have yeah. went way if he above. Kept working, mm-hmm. but he settled. You know, and mm-hmm. that's fine. He settled, and 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 now he's here. Like. Yeah. We as a country can't settle. Like nah. we've worked so hard to to get to this point, but mm-hmm. like we still are not good. Yeah. Like we need to do more work to get better. Yeah. Like we can always do better. So yeah. I just appreciate you guys having me. Like I say, I've listened to some episodes and stuff. I think you guys are doing a marvelous job, man. And I've actually learned and grown about, you know, just being in this area and things unique to Appalachia. Yeah, you know, well, it's funny. Growing right. up here all my life, I never really thought We're of it like that. We're in the same boat. We're in the same boat. I'm telling you, we we learn something new every day, I think. Yes, uh, that's the best what part What was it? This. It was it was Josh Burst's episode. We had yeah. talked about uh, um, who was it that had been a triple crowner? Was, oh, was it Trone tri- Lady. No, it was uh, <laughs> the – she was from Ohio. Oh, uh, Grandma Gatewood. Yeah, maybe she wasn't a triple crowner, but like uh, – I don't remember, but I know she did the – AT three times after yeah. the age of 57. Yeah. So. But Josh and I talked about her, and it was just, you know, yeah. I didn't know anything about Grandma Gatewood. Like, I knew nothing about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had, I, I really didn't. Yeah. And uh, here we are. 
Hey, like I said, man, if anybody ever interested about Appalachian and, and, you know, the things that go on with Black History Month, man, they have the emancipation mm-hmm. every year over in Galpliss. Yep. Uh, there's a woman named Elaine Armstrong, if you want to reach out, who's kind of like a primary source, man. Like, she knows the history of Point, Megs, Gaia. Really? She, she knows the spots where they used to cross the river from West Virginia to get into Ohio. Yeah. Really? Yeah, when the water was shallow enough where you could uh, yes she knows all that all the historic landmarks and stuff and those places really interesting person yeah you know her and mrs scott god rest her soul she's gone but my good friend christian that was his Mm -hmm. mom who Mm -hmm. the one you know told us about galpliss and why we grew up yeah Yeah. everything was the way it was so i mean just a little shout out to them just because they know so much more than i do definitely yeah definitely you know that's that's right here in our backyard. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean? yeah. And it's a lot of history that I mean that I've missed out on up to this point in my life. Yeah, and I know a lot of kids going through our educational system are missing out same, on too. Yeah, same so, boat. Uh, yeah. But hey, starting conversations like this, this is how we get it rolling, right, man? Hey, let's keep it going. Uh, <laughs> love you, man. Love you guys thanks, too. Thank you for coming over, over Josh. I, I appreciate it more than what you know. I know <laughs> at times I, I remember. I'll never forget. Just before in closing, I'll never forget that uh, you. Went and spoke at uh, what was the church you went and spoke at? Hank Creek for, Baptist Church, yeah. And uh, Black History Month, yeah, for Black <laughs> History Month, and, and I came over and, and sat and sat in the pews and, and listened to you speak, and yeah. it just means a lot to me to have you here as a, as a best friend of mine and, and a brother of mine. It's uh, means the world to me that you would come out of your shell a little bit. I'm not sure. saying that there's much of a shell to you right. because I know you're pretty outgoing anyway, but I know when it comes to uh, comes to certain topics, you know, I, I know sometimes it's just, it's kind of hard to discuss, you yes. know, and um, I, I thank you for coming over and, and being a part of it, man, because trust me, your, your story's going to be out there, trust me. Thanks for having me. So, guys, Josh Williams, everybody, thank you for coming on, and, and much love to you, you know that. Yeah. Well, we'll see you tomorrow at school, right? Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow at school. <laughs> One more time. At the end of the day, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> man, thank you, Josh, for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. What a way to kick off like the conversations we're hoping to have this month to really celebrate Black History Month. So stoked. Well, I think having Josh on, I, I think, you know, bringing him in as the first episode kind of opened the door to Black History Month or it opened the door to opening up that that bridge of communication of yeah. race and things of that mm-hmm. sort. I, I'm telling you, Gabe, I, I think just sitting back and watching that clip of Morgan Freeman really opened my eyes to, yeah. you know, I, I can sit here all day, guys, and talk about African-American literature. I can talk about, you know, the art and poetry behind it. I can talk about all this stuff. But at the end of the day, guys, just just sit behind the mic. Like, I, I'm just some white dude from West Virginia, and, <laughs> and, and I will never, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm trying to be genuine here because, I I care so much. I think, and, and you know this, just being my neighbor and, and, and living by me. Yeah. I, I think I just care so much of of this whole concept being thrown out there that Black History Month means a lot to me. And I said that in the, in the episode, but like, 
Black History Month means a lot to me because that's kind of what sparked my interest as a white kid from yeah. Appalachia yeah. to read more into that culture and read more into yeah. that. But then again, you look at, you listen to what we had talked about, and mm-hmm. it's like, why can't we just keep it American history? And yeah, just no, keep that's, it a, that's a great perspective. And I'm, I'm glad Josh shined some light on that, no, I am too. that way of thinking because, like, that's how I hope that it becomes yeah. for, for my kids. Yeah. Um, and, and, and whatnot. And, and I take these, these conversations as a way that I can grow personally because my yeah. experience, um, is a lot different than yours from yeah. that perspective. Right. I mean, I grew up in an even smaller area here Definitely. in West Virginia. No, exactly. Yeah. So, so like my, my, my big, like, uh, experience in terms of being around just multicultural was when I went to college yeah. and I was working with division one athletes and, yeah. and just being around that culture and then professional sports and everything. So that, I mean, just in that opened my eyes, whereas you were able to study that at, at an earlier at an earlier time and, and to really get that. So, like, these conversations help me grow personally. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. I, I, maybe that sounds selfish, but I feel like no, that, I, that, that's how I grow as a human being, and I, I want to teach that to my son, yeah. that, that everybody has a different perspective, a different way of no, coming up through. No, I, I think, too, and I'm big back off what Josh had said, at the end of the day... <laughs> You guys see where I get it from. But now I think when when everything's said and done or at the end of the day, whatever, uh, I, th- I think that everybody's, in terms of Gabe and I, and I, I think in terms of the people that we're going to have later in the in the, uh, in the the month, we're, we're trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's one yeah. thing that I can say as, as a white Appalachian sitting here is yeah. I am absolutely trying 100%. my ass off to – instill my love and and my point of view into my kids in my classroom yeah. almost daily in terms of yeah. acceptance in terms of you know social emotional learning 100%. in terms of all this stuff and i think and, and and i can honestly say that 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 type of love is what i grew up learning in church yeah it, do, you, do you see that practice necessarily on a, no. on a daily basis no but no. like that that's what i try to practice through right with other people. Well, and, and I think, you know, I, I graduated from Marshall with, with my English degree and English education degree as a double major and, and uh, leaving Marshall and going with Josh. And, and we hit it on the episode uh, after we had talked about it was just, I remember sitting in the pews as Josh was invited to, to get up and speak at this. Uh, it, it's not an all black church, but, j- but it's like, dude, it, it's just the church that a lot of black people go to. And, you know, I just remember sitting there, and little did I know, Josh is in in the back, like ready to leave. Yeah, ready to go home. Yeah, because he's about to speak on something that is that is deep. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in the pews, knew nothing about, but but I, because I I see Josh as probably one of the most outgoing people that I've ever met. Him and I oh, go hand in hand. I mean, I, I've known Josh for several fewer yeah. years than you have, but I can get that. No, and, and but I, I just remember Josh telling me we. Uh, you know, a couple of days later, we had a couple of beers at his place, and he was just like, I'll be honest with you, Grizz. Like, and that's just what he calls me. That's just our thing. He's just like, I was ready to leave. He was like, I remember talking to my dad, and his dad is is, is big in church and things like that. Uh, and he was just like, I was ready to leave. Mm-hmm. I, I, he said, I just didn't feel like I could hold up uh, or, or be um, – 
Yeah, I, I didn't feel like I could hold up in front of these people mm-hmm. in terms of my message. But like the message he sent that day, I just remember being in the pews, like just listening to him speak, and and he he spoke from the heart. I mean, just like he did tonight. I know he was a little nervous coming on the show, but um, I think he brings a perspective to our town, uh, our little town of Point Pleasant. I think he brings a perspective that that a lot of people know nothing about, and uh, even people that are you know. That have lived here forever. 100%. 100%. And that, that means a lot to me. So, you know, coming into it, I was excited. Yeah. Uh, it kind of. Me too. We, we talk about, you know, people don't want to talk about these things. It, yeah. It's awkward. I see it in my classroom. Kids feel awkward when it's brought up. But, like, even as an adult, like, I feel awkward. Even at times, like, Definitely. I'll look at Josh Definitely. and bring some things up. But Josh is, like, so real. Yeah. That, yeah. It, that it's easy to talk about. Definitely. And then it. And it it relaxes me. I think Josh knows where I stand at in terms of, you know, racial injustice and systemic racism and whatnot. But like, but you know, it, it it's not easy to talk about even when you yeah. are comfortable yeah. of speaking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, it, it opens up a, a different bridge of communication. Yeah, leading into the next few episodes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I'm excited for what February is going to bring. Definitely. And uh, even though if you guys want to take the Morgan Freeman route of of um, Black History Month really shouldn't be a thing, I understand that too. Trust me, that was something that I completely, completely heard and and, and understand. But from from the light the, that, sh- that Josh shined on that, yeah, I yeah, mean, that, that that changed my perspective of that statement. Well, and it, but in the same point, I made this I made this point in the in the episode too was. As a white kid growing up in Appalachia, Black History Month did something for me as a Fair white enough. kid that uh, that 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 kind of opened up a window to me. So, yeah. you know, regardless of how you feel, I think I think Black History Month does do some good in terms of whether you're black or not. I yeah. think I think it's definitely opened up some windows it, for me and, and some thought processes for me. Definitely. And, and one thing that I really want to hit home, especially for for white Appalachians, is I know we're having this conversation now or we're going to have this conversation for the next couple episodes in, in different ways with different folks, but like a big part of coming to terms with a lot of this is listening. Yeah. Learning the experience because like it's, it, it's different to explain your experience, whether you know that there is white privilege privilege or not, there is. Right. And it's apparent yeah. I, we can show that in small town Appalachia yeah. here, but you won't understand the other side of that spectrum until you've listened. Yeah. And that's something that I really want to encourage. I, I appreciate the folks that are listening to this because like that, that, that's, that, that's, that's big. Yeah. And I mean, like, like just, just hear people out period. I mean, even outside of race, even from area to area, I mean, Appalachians face <laughs> stereotypes all the time. Yeah. So like, that's why we're here to kind of like, Kind of flip the script on that stereotype to yeah. have those conversations yeah. still remain true to our roots, but at the same time, like with what we're wanting to do with this, with uh, with black people in Appalachia, we want you to be able to listen. Yeah. So I, that, that's kind of my takeaway from what we're trying to do here for the yeah, next. Yeah. No, few I, I agree, hundred ten percent. So, you know, um, that being said, dude, what are you drinking to tonight? <laughs> uh man so i'm gonna drink too like a, a great episode tonight but i didn't have a drink what what i was gonna drink too 
coming into this until we'd received an, uh, an email from a, from a fellow named Casey Shearer. Uh, he's from Teleco Plains, Tennessee. And, man, it warmed my heart to to get this email. Yeah. I mean, he, he was just saying, I mean, he seems like a, like a younger guy. He just he, he came across the podcast, um, and, and he felt that he related to it. He was excited to hear that there were other people that were kind of like him that were getting involved in this community wanting to get involved in small business. Yeah. And it inspired him to like that that's what he wants to do is to exactly. get into that. And, and he was just happy to hear that folks in Appalachia were really trying to fight that quote-unquote white trash redneck hillbilly like well well i mean not even not re- i mean no like I, you know I what i'm saying like no the, i understand what you're saying 110 percent. i think i think it ties into our episode here not necessarily yeah you know it doesn't tie in 110 percent, but i'm saying it ties in a little bit because we as appalachians experience stereotypes on the regular man yeah like, yeah it, yeah we no, I'm just saying yeah. we we experience this stuff, yeah. and I remember Josh just saying to to the, the the black kids on our basketball team like you're already behind the eight ball because mm-hmm. you're black and you're from Appalachia. Now you're adding Appalachia to that, yeah, and it's completely different. And that opened my eyes 110 mm-hmm. percent to to this whole thing that that yeah. that yeah. they're experiencing. I've never experienced it, but I'm saying yeah. I have experienced it from an Appalachian standpoint. But I'm saying here we are. We're trying to overcome this. Yeah. And and a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, you yeah. know. And we said this in previous episode is people don't even know we're a state. I know, I know, and, and I know we're kind of getting off like like Casey's message here, but this is still a good message. What you're saying, because if there is if there's a group of Americans that can identify more with dealing with exploitation and I don't want to say prejudices, but stereotypes. It is there definitely are stereotypes. Folk, yeah, folks from Appalachia. Like how are we still here yeah. dealing with racial issues? Yeah. But anyways, back back to Casey, man. Thanks for the email. Definitely. Folks, if anybody has any any feedback or shoot us emails. We like talking back with you. Oh, We're man. gonna email email you back like directly. Yeah. Yeah. I I check it quite often throughout yeah. the day. Uh, as often as you read it. Kinda. Almost. <laughs> nah. But Cody, what are you drinking to, man? I think tonight, really, uh, I mentioned the episode is is my love and and, and uh, appreciation for for her was Chris and Lilvis, yeah. And I want to throw them back to her just because, um, she I, I cheers to that, dude. We'll clink it to it. But I think, um, I I think, just I, I'll just give you a background in terms of what I had gone through, in terms of a college student of, you know, I fell victim to, I'm going to graduate high school and I'm going to go be a doctor or a lawyer mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. And I felt victim to that because it, it, it was, I think, and Gabe, you, you can probably agree, that's what was pushed in our generation was college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. College, yeah. doctor, lawyer, whatever it may be. And I went to WVU trying to, chase these dreams that were, I mean, let's be realistic here. I, I, I had great grades in high school, but um, college is completely different because it's competitive, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, I got a WU experience, you know, had a great time there and and things like that. But I knew my heart was not in. Mm-hmm. I went for physical therapy there at the beginning, and my heart wasn't in that. Yeah. And I found myself in this... Um, 
I don't, I don't want to say like it wasn't like a tough time or anything like that, but like I found myself in this moment of just indecisiveness. Yeah. And I think a lot of high school kids feel that way. Collegiate kids feel that way. And I just remember sitting down with a, um, a roommate of mine. He was like, dude, you'd be a good teacher. Like you, you need to experience like some educational realm. And I remember just taking a couple classes and I was like, I'm here, I'm here where I need to be. Mm -hmm. And I remember, um, you know, taking a couple classes like Shakespeare and things like that throughout, throughout that course. And I remember one day it was just glaring at me like African American studies. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna try it. I know nothing about it, but I'm gonna try it. And you know, Dr. Lilvis kind of instilled in me just this, I, I, I don't even know what it is she instilled in me. It's just, it, it gave me this hunger to dig a little deeper into African-American literature and things. And, dude, I was reading, you know, uh, Langston Hughes. Yeah. Um, a bunch of different uh, of, of poets and seeing, you know, you, seeing how they utilized imagery and, and, and things in their writing it was nuts how they were how they were uh how they were utilizing that stuff and uh reading slave narratives and just yeah. really immersing myself um in this in this literature frederick yeah. Douglass was such a big person that i read uh i spent so much time reading frederick Douglass just because he just man like i'm a big fan of langston hughes don't get me wrong but like frederick Douglass was just a Dude, you're talking about a dude that experienced both ends of the spectrum that yeah. that that I can tell our listeners now like if you get a chance to research this guy like Frederick Douglass is 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 beyond the imagination of of from start to finish if you look at his life and and what he experienced and and what he accomplished is is just is, is beyond imagination. Yeah. Um but she introduced me to that man. Uh you know, I have this thick uh, anthology of slave narratives that I've read through mm -hmm. two or three times just because I'm just so infatuated with it. And I think that's where I reached this point of everybody needs to know this. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you, I walk into a classroom every day of, of 11, 12 year olds, and I can't necessarily take that stance of what I've read and put it on those kids because it is deep and it is, you know, there are some things I can and can't teach just because of, you know, mm -hmm. rules. rules. I don't know. But, like, uh, it's they need to be exposed to it. So I try and expose them to the most PG, PG-13 way that I can, which sounds like I'm watering it down, and I'm not by any means. It's just, no, I mean, there's just some things you, you want to expose kids to at a certain age, and there's some things that you yeah. don't want to. I guess my goal is to spark some kind of knowledge in these kids to where they may take it to the next level like I did mm -hmm. um, and, and research it for themselves. But, you know, I'm, I'm taking a swig tonight to, to Dr. Lilvis because, man, she sparked something in me that, that uh, you know, she's listening. I, I, I'm very thankful for what she did for me, and, and it's been a domino effect for my kids. Uh, for, you know, for years to come, I still mm -hmm. have kids coming now. Um, seriously, even today, I'm not, I'm not BSing you. I had a kid today come back and was just like, Hey, my senior projects on Langston Hughes. And mm. 
I've been breaking down one of his poems. Like, can you help me out here? And I'm like, That's awesome. Right up my alley. I can, man. But no, I'm drinking a Kristen Lilvis because she killed it. Uh, and I'm down with it. And, and it's been a domino effect. Yeah. So thank you, Dr. Lilvis, for being who you are. And I, I hope you continue to be who you are because it's rubbed off on me. So Yeah. And then the kids you teach. But guys, thanks for tuning in again this evening. Um, it's been a great conversation. It's been we, we hope to carry this on. We know we're going to be carrying this on for at least two more episodes uh, here in the, in the future. So uh, thank you all, and we'll see you next week. Catch you next week, guys.